Last week was Easter. It was a miraculous Sunday. It's not the Sunday that we had pictured at the beginning of the year, but you do realize God can do miracles not in our space when he wants to. So last week, we culminated uh, Jesus's life with his resurrection. We celebrated it. But the Bible says that after his resurrection, he didn't just disappear. The Bible teaches us that over 40 days leading up to the day of Pentecost, that he revealed himself to a lot of people. And so we're going to read that first Corinthians. Paul is writing about this to the Corinthian church in his first letter. And if you're in your living room, if you're at work, wherever you are, if you want to stand to your feet in honor of reading the word, first Corinthians chapter 15, starting verse one. Now I'd remind you brothers of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as a first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I'm the least of all these apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I've persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. Father, we thank you today. It's you're still a God that reveals himself to us. That you haven't left us here floundering, trying to figure out what you want us to do, but you reveal yourself to us. Your will is made known to us daily. And we thank you for that. You're the living God who stands at the door and knocks. You're, you're constantly beckoning us. And we thank you, God. And we know, Lord, that this word has the power to change our lives, change the way we think. So we pray you do that today as we open our hearts open our minds, open our ears, that we'd hear what you have to say. Blessed today, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Paul is writing about a 40-day period where Jesus revealed himself. We know that Jesus was crucified. We know that there was witnesses to his crucifixion. We know he was buried. We know Joseph of of Arimathea buried him, got a tomb and requested his body and put him in the tomb. We know through many witnesses that he was absolutely dead and absolutely buried. And then we know from that Sunday morning that he was resurrected by the testimony of many witnesses. But that didn't stop Jesus from continuing to reveal himself. Over the next 40 days, he shows up over and over and over again in different circumstances. What I find exciting is the disciples didn't have to search for him. God was not playing hide and go seek with his people. When they needed it the most, he showed himself 
faithful, just as he promised. And I believe today he's promising to do the same thing with us. There's nobody that would doubt these are extreme circumstances. These are, these are not ordinary times that we're living in. And, um, and, and I got to be transparent with you. I, I probably, like you, had a schedule. I did have a schedule already planned out by the end of last year for what I was going to do this year. And, um, and I'll be honest with you, what happens to me is I look for him where I want to see him. I look for God where I want to see God. I look for him where I want to see him. And so let, let me explain this a little bit to you. What happens in my life is I make a schedule. I make a plan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy that likes to see things happen. I'm a guy that likes to move forward. And so my plan always includes action and movement. And, and we're going to do this and do that. And we're going to accomplish this. And we're going to fix this. And we're going to do all these things. And so, and so I, I'm like hyperactive when it comes to that stuff. I'm going to plan. I'm going to plan to do a bunch of stuff all the time. And so inadvertently what I do is I start looking for God in the plans that I've made. I start looking for him where I want to see him. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you how my year was supposed to end up. My year was supposed to end up. Our oldest daughter went to Wales and was studying abroad and, and, and she was there with, without us. And, and, um, and we were excited about that. And we had, we had booked a trip. We were going to take my parents and my wife's parents. We were all going to go and visit her Easter Sunday. We were looking at each other yesterday and saying, oh, we would have just been coming back from a, from a whole week of being able to visit with her. I had a plan to minister in Kenya this year on May 24th. We had... We had a plan to launch a church, which we, which we made that announcement. We still are launching a church, even if it's online. We had, we had a plan to, to do a bunch of things. We, my wife and I own a business together. We have plans for the business. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do for the summer. Here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to do that. And what I would do is I would look for God in the completion of all those plans after all, my plans are like your plans. They're always inspired of the Lord, right? They're always inspired. Of the Lord. So, so you wake up in the morning, you say, Lord, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to make it through the day. This is what I want to accomplish today. And we just automatically assume whatever my will is, is also God's will. And what happens is I inadvertently look for God in the completion of my plans, not in his will. So when my plans don't come to pass, I start to panic a little bit because no one, no one around me in December thought that any of what is currently happening would be happening. Nobody. We weren't talking about it. At the beginning of January, we weren't talking about it. I was preparing to get visas and we were making plans and we were doing all these things. And then all of a sudden, Without a shadow of a doubt, everybody within the sound of my voice, your plans were wrecked. And not only were they wrecked, people are suffering. So it's not just Chris's plans that were wrecked. It's, it's even worse than that. People are actually suffering. People are dying. And so it seems, it seems silly to even talk about traveling or or, or celebrating something because, because chaos has broke out. It's, it's, this, it's this societal angst 
that we are, that we're up against this unseen enemy and, and people are suffering and, and people, real people are dying. And those that aren't suffering are suffering financially. You've gotten your job ripped out from under you. And so my knee jerk is to say, Lord, I don't see you anymore because the only place I was looking for you was in the plans that I had made. Because I see him where I want to see him. I see him where I want to look for him. And Lord, you're with me if you make sure everything that I have planned comes to pass. Lord, if you make sure I get to go where I want to go, if you make sure that everything happens the way I want it to happen, then I'll have a testimony that you're faithful. (laughs) Then I'll have a testimony Uh, that you're with me. Then I'll have a testimony that I have peace in my life and I'm an overcomer. Well, why am I an overcomer? Because I got to do everything I wanted. So I end up looking for him where I want to find him. Because I don't know about you, I I don't want to find him in the hard place. I don't want to find him there. I don't want to find him in the difficulty. I don't want to find him in death. I don't want to find him in chaos. I don't want to find him in anxiety. I don't want to, I don't want to find him there. I don't want to have to go to those places to know God exists. And so what happens is the crisis of faith overwhelms and we say, well, how did God let this happen? How did God let that be? Because if God loved me, he'd do everything that I wanted him to do. I would have just been returning from Wales. I would, have, I would have still been planning to go to Africa to preach. I would have still been doing everything I, that, that I had planned to do without, without any interruption. Because after all, that's the blessed life, isn't it? That's what we claim is a blessed life. What's the blessed life? The blessed life is no suffering, all the money you need, every, everything you want. Uh, your kids listen, your, your husband listens, your wife listens, your neighbors don't play loud music and they, and they keep their grass mowed. Everything goes the way you want it. That's the blessed life. That's what we're taught. That's the blessed life that you can find God in the blessing of life. But that's not, that's not the picture Paul painted because when he said, he, he appeared to Peter, he appeared to the apostles, he appeared to all these people, I need you to understand, and we're gonna go over this over the next six weeks, I need you to understand the context that he appeared to them in. Because it wasn't, it wasn't them getting everything they wanted. It wasn't their, their, wasn't their schedule just working out perfectly. It wasn't their bank accounts full. It wasn't security and everything that they did. It was, it was him showing up in a tragedy. I wanted to look for God where I wanted to see him. And God told me, I want you to look for me where I actually am. I said, God, but you're not you're not doing what I, I, I want to see you give me victory in my life and everything. Go. And he said, no, 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 I need you to, I'm here, but I need you to look for me where I am. These are not the circumstances you or I anticipated. It seems like Jesus is over in another parallel universe where everything I wanted to happen is happening right on time. It's like, it's like there's something, there's another Chris going right alongside me and he's getting blessed. That maybe, maybe you lost your job and there's another, there's a, you think, man, like there's something, Jesus is over there blessing somebody else and I don't know why he left me. My fear is, is that if we're not careful, I think James or 
Timothy, Paul tells Timothy this. Our desire to get what we want when we want it causes us to look for God only where we want to see him. And then it causes us to surround ourselves with people who will tell us what we want to hear. Paul tells Timothy, you better be careful because there's going to come a time where people aren't going to be talking about Jesus showing up and suffering. There's going to come a time where people aren't going to be talking about not everything is going to go the way you want it. There's going to come a time where people are going to surround themselves with teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. 2 Timothy 4.3, Paul tells him, listen, there's coming a time where people are only going to look for God where they want to see him. That they're going to be so averse to suffering, so averse to, to, to difficult circumstances that they're going, to, they're going to just throw up their hands and they're going to say, well, God's not here and, and he's only where I want him to be. And, and I, need to, I need somebody just to tell me that I'm not wrong, that, that everything's... The truth is, when Jesus was revealing himself to people, it was people who had just went through the most difficult crisis of their lives. They had watched who they thought was a savior of the world die on a cross, be buried. And then the women went to the tomb the next morning and on Sunday morning and didn't even find him. They were scared, they were disappointed, they were confused. They didn't believe all the circumstances we find ourselves in today. And it says Jesus showed up in every single one of them. Because Jesus was revealing himself. He reveals himself in every circumstance. Every circumstance, not just when it goes our way, but every circumstance Jesus shows up. Sound teaching. I want you to listen to this. Sound teaching is a gospel where Jesus is showing up with the brokenhearted, the captives, the sick, the confused, the unsure, the fearful, the unforgivable. The truth is when all hell breaks loose, Jesus reveals himself. Jesus reveals himself. But we've somehow convinced ourselves that he only, well, you only really feel God when, when everything's going right. And that's a sign that he's blessed your life. But when I see Jesus reveal himself the most to people, it's when they're the most confused. It's when they're the most brokenhearted. It's when, it's when everything is going sideways, then, then Jesus steps into the circumstance. He's doing that over and over and over again. Matthew 28, 20. Says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He hasn't left us. He's telling disciples right before he ascends, I am with you always. Hebrews 13, 5. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When Mary's confused and crying at the tomb, Jesus shows up. When the disciples are fearful, locking themselves in the room for fear of the Jews, the Bible says, Jesus shows up. When Thomas was doubting, when he was literally having a hard time believing that Jesus had risen from the dead, he shows up. When Peter is struggling with his denial, where do I go from here? I denied Jesus. I denied Jesus three times. When Peter's struggling with the denial, Jesus shows up. When the disciples are wondering 
around trying to figure out what do we do now? We've dedicated three years of our lives. We put our fishing nets away. We followed this man around three years. And now we don't even know what we're supposed to do when they're confused about their future. Jesus shows up. In every difficult circumstance you see after the resurrection, Jesus was revealing himself. He revealed himself over and over and over and over again. Matthew records four times he revealed himself. Mark, three times. Luke records three times. Paul goes back and records that he revealed himself to 500 people at one time. I started thinking to myself, it's not that God isn't close to me, it's that I'm looking in the wrong direction. I'm looking as far away from my circumstances as I can to try to find God in this other life where where he's blessing me. And Lord, I want this and I want this. And he said, I came to deal with your fear. I came to deal with your anxiety. I came to be the God of your confusion. I came to to be the one that can, can show you what your future is when you don't think you have a future. I came, I'm revealing myself in every circumstance. In every circumstance. So how do we operate? So I want to see him where I see him. And then I realize he's in every circumstance. That he's all the time, everywhere. And I started thinking about it. I started thinking... That God is not playing hide and go seek with me. That God is not hard to find. God is not, Jesus isn't isn't hiding behind a bush waiting to jump out when you don't expect it. Jesus isn't, isn't just behind the curtain trying to annoy you. He's not, he's not waiting, he's not waiting just so you can't find him. Matter of fact, the, the Bible tells us, John 3, 16, one of the most famous scriptures the world will ever memorize, for God so loved the world that he sent. The Bible says, while we were sinners, Christ died for us, that he didn't, he wasn't playing hide and go seek. Matter of fact, if you go all the way back to the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, it wasn't God that was hiding, it was man. God would continually come looking for man. And, the, and, the, and the, the bad part is, is when man sinned, man started hiding from God. God never hid from man. So Adam and Eve, the Bible says that God would come down and walk with them. He, he, was, he had a regular schedule where he, would, where he would come down and be with them on a regular basis. But sin happened in their lives and then they started hiding. So what happens is I start to realize that I'm looking for him only in areas that I want to see him in and he's showing up where I don't want him to be. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I never want God to show up when I sin. Just being a little transparent here. I never want him to show up when I sin as if he can't see me sinning. As if he really didn't know what Adam and Eve did. As if when he came to the garden and said, where are you? He didn't already know where they were. He wanted them to know without a shadow of a doubt that it wasn't him hiding. It was them hiding. 
So here we are. The whole world is flipped upside down. Nobody has ever been like this. Nobody's ever experienced. I talked to my friends in Africa. I talked to them last Sunday and they said, we're on, we're on curfew. We can't go out after seven o'clock. It's hard to get food. It's hard to, it's hard to figure things out. We don't know what's going to happen. It's the first time anyone has experienced this whole thing, the whole world reeling. And my word to you this morning is we should live like he's right here. Live like he's right here. Live like he's here. Live every moment of our lives. In your deepest, darkest, saddest time, he's right there. He's right there. It doesn't mean that you won't walk through it, but it means he's with you. It means he hasn't left you or forsaken you. It means in the middle of this chaos, God's revealing himself. He's not waiting until we get past it. He's not waiting until you can schedule a vacation to bless you. He wants to walk right into the middle of your fear right now. But I need to convince you this morning, he's not hiding from you. That's not the way God works. Matter of fact, the Bible describes it as he's actually pursuing us. He's actually pursuing us. If we're hiding, Adam and Eve were hiding, God was pursuing them. Hey, what's, where are you? What are you doing? Don't run. Don't run for me. Let's deal with this. Don't run for me. Let's, let's handle this. Don't, don't run for me. I want a relationship with you. Don't run for me. Don't let a circumstance cause you, cause you to think I'm not here. Don't let a mistake cause you to think I'm not here. Don't let, don't let fear cause you to think I'm not here. Don't let uh, unbelief cause you to think I'm not here. Don't let, don't let your anxiety cause you to think I'm not here. I am here. And he would tell the disciples over and over and over again. He would say, I will be with you. 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 So we got to live like he's here. We got to live like he's here right now. We are not chasing an uninterested God and trying to convince him to send us a savior. It was his idea to chase us. It was his idea to be everywhere all the time. It was his idea to send Jesus and then raise him from the dead and then empower us with the Holy Spirit. So right here in my circumstance, he can be with me and then halfway around on the other side of the world, somebody walking through something totally different in a different circumstance, the same God, the same power, the same victory can be with someone else. And it's not diluted. It's not weakened. It's the same power. It's the same God. And what I want to convince you this morning, if you would get up out of your chair and declare, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear because he is with me. He's proven himself. He's proven himself. He's proven himself. You have to convince yourself. God is not convincing himself that you are worth meeting. He died for you. We have to convince ourselves that he's willing to meet us where we are. Lord, I'm scared to death. He's here. 
Lord, I've denied you. You can't imagine the things I've done. He's here. Lord, Lord, I don't know if I believe all this stuff yet. I I don't know if I can wrap my head around God dying for me. I don't know if I can. He's here. He's here. If you're sitting in your living room this morning, you say, you say, Chris, I don't know if I can believe all that. He's sitting with you. Your unbelief doesn't scare him. Your unbelief doesn't make him any less powerful. Your your questions don't rattle God. He's not sitting there going, oh, I wish he would. No, the Bible says in Revelations that he stands at the door and knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks. Revelation 3.20, he said he's knocking and knocking. And I don't think that's a dot, 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 dot. I think that's a just knock, a consistent knock on the door. And when you finally get to the place where you realize even in in the chaos of your life, even in the, even in the, the, the unmet expectations and the destruction and the death, even in all those things, God is still, don't, don't, come on. If you just let me in, if you just acknowledge that I'm here, if you just, if you just acknowledge that I can help, if you just acknowledge, Lord, I'm not enough. Let me in. That's his cry to humanity right now in the middle of all of that was when he was revealing himself to the disciples. It was, it was the mantra. If they just, if they just open the door, he says, he'll come in with us. He'll come in with us. The band's going to come up. I want to leave you with this last thing. I'm going to leave you with this last thing. Jesus reveals himself to the disciples twice. The Bible says that he, that the disciples were so scared that they locked themselves in a room for fear of the Jews. For fear of the Jews. Look, they were having a human response to what seems like the most inhuman thing that could happen. They had watched Jesus die. And I know he was resurrected, but they they didn't have any place in their minds to put that. They were still dealing with the idea that a dead man could raise himself. Yes, they, they knew he had raised Lazarus from the dead, but this was different. They were still trying to figure it out. They were just, they were humans. And so their minds naturally went to worst case scenario. If if they could kill Jesus. This could be us. This could be us. If they could kill Jesus, this could be us. And I want to let you know, and I believe this is happening all over the place right now. There are times in our lives where God does not wait for you to open the door. I know I just quoted Revelations 3.20 and it says, that he stands at the door and knocks and anyone that lets him in, he'll come in and, and eat with them. I know, I know that scripture, but there's also scripture where he walks through locked doors that you can't lock a door tight enough. You can't put enough deadbolts on a door to keep him out. That you can't in all of your anxiety and fear can't be scared enough that God won't reveal himself to you. You can't be unsure enough. You can't doubt enough for God to not reveal himself to you. He walks through the locked door the first time and the disciples are just shocked. 
But there's one man that's not there. His name's Thomas. And we give him a, we give him a bad rap. We call him Doubting Thomas. Thomas comes back to the disciples. They say, man, we saw the risen Christ. And he's like, hey, I know that's great and all. But unless I touch him, it's not, I, I, I can't, I can't base the rest of my life on something you told me. Unless I touch him, it's not going to work out for me. And so the Bible says that they were in the room again with the door locked and God did not wait on Thomas to believe. God did not wait on the disciples to convince him. It says that Jesus walked through the locked door again to show himself to Thomas. So wherever you're sitting right now, whatever you're walking through, whatever disappointment has had in your life, Whatever, whatever chaos is happening right now, whatever uncertainty is happening right now, whatever sin you've committed, I believe there's a God more powerful than anything you have trapped up, anything that you have, that you have locked up. I believe he is walking through locked doors this morning saying, hey, listen, I am real. He looked at Thomas and he said, hey, man, touch my hands, touch my side. It's the real deal. And God is a God who is willing to prove himself to you. If he would send Jesus to the cross to die for you, he has no qualms about proving himself to you. It says that he came to seek and save those that are lost. Not to play around. Not to play hide and go seek. Not to play hard to get. God is chasing you. And if you're walking around this morning trying to hide from him, you can't. He found you. He found you. He found you today. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, I'm going to ask you, everyone that's watching, maybe you already have a relationship with Christ, but maybe this current circumstance has, has turned everything upside down. Let him reveal himself to you today, that he is a loving and caring God who has the best for you at heart, who has, who knows his plans for you, who is not fearful, who is not concerned. He has the victory in hand and he will be with you and he will walk you through this. I guarantee it. Now I want to talk to all of you who have never believed Jesus is real. I'm asking you just to stop running. I'm not asking you to believe right now. I'm not asking you to do something special. I'm not asking you to stand up in your house and raise your hand. I'm just asking you to let him catch you this morning. Because he wants to reveal himself to you worse than anything you could ever imagine. God does not want you to keep running. He just wants you to stop Stop in the middle of your fear. Stop in the middle of your circumstance and let him walk right into it because he's right there already. Just acknowledge that he's there this morning. Can I pray with you? Father, we thank you today. Lord, we, I have this confidence today, Lord, that you are showing up in the middle of this chaos all around the world. Showing up to people. You're showing up to the brokenhearted. You're showing up to the captive. You're showing up to the, the one who struggles to believe. You're showing up to the fearful. You're showing up to the confused. You're revealing yourself. There's a wave of your spirit going across the world. And Lord, I pray for those this morning that have just been running. God, I pray they just stop and let the God of the universe. 
who loves them, show himself to them this morning. God, I have great confidence today that you're revealing yourself over and over and over again to people. People who are doubting, people who are scared, people with anxiety. God, just reveal your presence to them today. And let them know that you're that same risen Savior that Thomas touched. You're the same risen God that Thomas put his hand on his side. You're the same risen God that revealed himself to all those people. Do it one more time. Do it in the middle of this chaos. One more time. Lord, and do what you do best. Save, deliver, set free. Do what you do best today, God. And we thank you for it. We lift up praise to you because of it. You're the God who saves. We thank you today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on all across the place. Give God praise. Hey, listen, if you are tuning in today and you accepted Christ, you decided to stop and let him catch you today, let us know. Make a comment in the chat. Let us know that you have stopped long enough to let God reveal himself to you. We're going to be praying for you. We want to help you walk through this journey together. We want to encourage you. And we want to see you back here next week. We'll be praying for you and uplifting you. God is victorious and we're believing that in Jesus' name today. We'll see you back here next week.